0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: All right, welcome back to Unashamed. We got Jase back in the house. I'm back. What does your, your shirt say, Jase? Dig it? Can you dig it? Dig it. Now, this this <laughs> phrase, although it seems simple. It's an old 70s phrase,
2: Jase. Dad, you remember when they used to say, can you dig it? I do. Yep. So you have brought it back. So my lovely wife and my brother and his lovely wife... Jep, I guess he's the younger brother. The younger. Jep the Younger, we call him. We, uh, yeah, they were, you know, we have an, we have an upcoming show coming out. So they, there's a lot of things that are coming out to promote the show. And they were like, we need like a tagline. So I said that. I said, I got one. And they're like, what? I said, dig it. Dig it. And it was just crickets. <laughs> I said, dig it. Get it? They're like, No. <laughs> So after a few months of me, one, I brought that up. I said, you don't remember in the 60s and the 70s? It was So you have that meaning. Right. We're bringing it back in a spiritual way. Yep. We're digging up. Can you dig it? Lost treasure. And in the spirit that we just celebrated the resurrection. Yep. Amen. Dig it. Can you dig it? Dig it. See? I like you that. See the I paramount? hadn't thought about
1: that. That's pretty good. So yesterday yeah. was Easter Sunday, which I was perfect for that uh, that we celebrated. Zach, did you preach on Easter Sunday? I did. Did you? What did you hey. preach on? Did you preach on the resurrection? I
3: did. I kept it, and I kept it pretty much. It's pretty much, it's pretty 30, much a simple
1: minutes. sermon prep, right? If if you do Very something simple. other than the
3: resurrection, well, something's wrong with you. I went back to the book. I'm glad we did the the book of Mark because that's where I. I mean, I I got into it. I, I started in John 2. When Jesus told, when he turned over the temples the first time and he, and he said, you know, if you destroy this temple, I'll rebuild it in three days. And he was talking about his body. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Mark from pretty much the last eight days of Jesus's life. And I mean, when you talk about hammering down on the temple, that's the, I mean, that's where he was at the last eight days. And so we went to this whole thing of connecting the resurrection of of the temple the resurrection of his body and then him becoming the cornerstone and then now we are living stones built upon that temple. So that was my that was my message in a nutshell.
4: No, if you want to go one. check
3: it out you go to the website
2: and listen did, to it. Did you ever raise your voice at any time?
3: No, I'm not a I'm not that kind of preacher I don't. I just no. kind of Yeah. I don't do that. I don't, I hardly ever do that.
1: I I was just curious. So we did, uh, Mike and I did at our church at WFR, we did a kind of a 50, 50 is what I call it, a sermon. So we did the first half. We kind of looked at the life of Peter because ours was called witnessing the resurrection. We've been teaching through the book of first Peter, kind of mirroring what we did on the
2: podcast. It sounds like to me you and Zach are getting all your material from the podcast. Oh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a question about at, it. At
1: this it, stage, it's called, my... a, it's, called uh, it's efficiency. <laughs> is that, at this stage of my life, especially since I'm not being paid anymore, I'm like trying to <laughs> trying to mu- and all time, all my studies. You know, the secret huh. is revealed of what. Okay, I get it. Well, that's, that's <laughs> no. I, I'm getting everything I can get out of you, Dad, Zach, wherever I can get it from. I'm adding to the to the table. So, so we were looking at the life of Peter, and so my thought process was, is that Peter obviously became a different man once he witnessed the resurrection, yeah. and so you know he became you know this this guy that, that would write First Peter, and so um, so I had this idea we we had this thing we call cardboard testimonies that we did years ago when I was at WFR it wasn't an original idea. We saw it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think you. I think that was done twenty years ago. Oh, at least. <laughs> and so Mac Owen, who we had on the podcast days when you were gone, Mac is the one that first found it twenty years ago. He showed it to me on a video some church was doing. I said that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen because you can look at twenty or thirty or forty kind of short testimonies in one setting, and you kind of see these little life changes. So, so we did that yesterday. So the idea was these were kind of we were witnessing. The resurrection through the eyes of other people, and so, so we call them cardboard testaments. So, yesterday we had lunch together, kind of a little family gathering after you know we we met together at my house.
2: Oh, it was, and that was that was fantastic. Oh man, that, it's uh, a good yeah. grub, yeah. Risk it, I don't know, with the bark. I guess Jay hmm. had smoked that, he smoked it. Yeah. It looked
0: 24 burnt. hours,
2: it looked burned. So, I thought, boy, you were that, worried about it. I was worried, I know. And There's We were trying way. to find the grain of the meat because you always want a just helpful tip for gatherings. You want to cut across the grain. Correct. And so we were determining that. Of course, I was just using that for an excuse to be closer to the front <laughs> of the line. <laughs> because I wanted to try this, you know. That's that's the classic move of, let me help you find that grain. So the, at
1: the closing prayer, you have not only found the grain, but you found your way right there close to
2: the Well, I, I did get nominated for the prayer, so then it justified me being up there. You did. You worked for it. You did. I was like, Jay, go ahead, you know, bless this food, because there was a long delay. I think you were guilty of causing the delay.
1: I was, because typical, that we had a lot of visitors, and and I preached yesterday, so I was working the line that I was looking
2: Well, and y'all were cooking macaroni and cheese, and I'm not gonna say who, but somebody said while the wait went on, I don't like waiting on macaroni and cheese. I just thought I'd say that. <laughs> Unless you ate it, then it was worth the wait. This ain't this ain't, well, no, I will box, say, this ain't no
1: box mac and cheese, Jays. This is the home. No, it was
2: homemade. But the bark was not it was not burned. it, it was Oh man. Perfection, full of flavor. Uh, it was it was one of the greatest things I've eaten. It was the best brisket I've ever eaten. yeah good, fantastic. It was delus- so
1: so so. Dad comes up to Jay's and he says, "Jay's, this uh, this this poster board gig that was."
2: No, he just you know Phil has a habit. Uh, this is a little weird since he's sitting catty corner from me, but Phil has a habit for coming up and starting in seemingly the middle of a conversation. <laughs> So he walked up to me and he said, this, this poster gig, you know, the poster gig. And I said, poster gig. I was looking around on the walls at Jay's house. Cause I was like, I don't see any posters and I couldn't figure out what he was talking about. Then I was thinking maybe it means then the video days when we used to have the posters to go with the video. That's literally what I was thinking. And he kept saying the the you know they they get up there and they they say uh, what was what would he say uh he says, it's all gloom and doom or on once yeah, yeah he said uh it's gloom and doom no I'm angry and fearful, and my tanks out of gas, and he said, then they turn it around and I'm happy." <laughs> <laughs> and then it hit me that he was talking he the about cardboard the cardboard t- testimonies. <laughs> He's a, like, yeah, well, so,
3: so if you're wondering where we get our, our term cold open from, it came from Phil. You, you come into Unashamed <laughs> Podcast, and you're right in the middle of a conversation that's already been happening.
2: That's oh, funny. it was it was hilarious. Then I realized, because Phil said, never seen that one before. And I thought, well, Phil, we, they, they've been doing that around there for 15, 20 years. Not a lot, but...
1: But it's probably been twenty years since we did it and that's why Bill's phil has been over
3: he's been over at university for a while. So that's right. he's just so I he actually
2: a... did that one time. My wife and I we we had we we wrote out the
1: cardboard and then got up. Y'all there did it right. last time we did it. Last time I did it when we were there. But it was really interesting. This time was was unique and you don't know who's gonna do it. And and since I didn't work there this time since you know I was gone, I just came in and preached. So someone else was gathering these people together, but it was really interesting because this time was unique from times we've done it in the past. There were a lot of couples that had yeah. come to Christ together. So they had a so on one side they would talk about you know different things that had happened obviously in their life that had they were not Christians or some, you know like you said that bad things, and then when they flipped their cardboards over, they would put them together sort of have the message of redemption together. And I just thought that was really unique and interesting, the idea that a lot of times families are saved, you know, obviously through, you know, a redemptive act of coming to Christ. And so, I don't know, that spoke to me uniquely yesterday. I thought just from watching it, it it was really interesting. I never
0: had seen it before.
1: It was really powerful. And everybody clapped and cheered, you know, with everybody's kind of mini. So nobody said a word, you're just listening to music
2: you know, watching the words and it's just an interesting Well, it's because, you know, growth in any capacity, you really can't see it. I mean, we measure it, you know, we test it, but you think about it. I mean, there's a reason why when you're little kids, you're putting the pencil over his head and writing on the doorframe. And because you don't feel like you're growing. And if you just, if you stare at somebody, you know, in a physical way or plants or, well, it's the same thing, you know. When you go to spiritual, these people are giving you a capsule of what's happened in their life, because and you might they might have been there for years, and then you're like, oh wow, because one side, like you said, Phil, is like, oh, and they turn it around, so they're showing the evidence of of growth, transformation, and growth spiritually, yeah, which was powerful. It was yeah. so
1: it made a nice Easter message for us. So you were telling me you saw something yesterday.
2: Yeah. So uh, I mean, I it's a tradition like no other. like no other. I always watch the Masters, and it kind of. in this case, I was watching it for a couple of reasons. One, I have not touched a golf club in probably six months. Yeah, me neither. There's been no time. However, it it provides some inspiration because it's it is a tradition that that I like. I've been there. I think you've been there. Also. I've been there three times. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so I watched it, and it was uh, kind of ho hum. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like close or anything. but no, it was, John Rum. congratulations. But here's the reason I'm bringing this up: is after it's over. 60 Minutes was on, which I didn't even know was still on. I remember. (laughs) I was going to say the
1: only way you would ever watch 60 Minutes is if you happened into it after the Masters.
2: That's the only way. (laughs) I got distracted at the end because I like watching the whole. You know, I I didn't realize he had a family and two dollars. And then I'm a big, you know, Scotty Scheffler fan because his caddy, Ted Scott, who loves the Lord, and he's a friend of ours. And so he was. He was given the green jacket, you know. And I, I just like watching all of it. So I was, when they tick, 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 the, the clock came on. You know, this is 60 minutes. I can't believe you didn't change the channel. You I must could, have had your hand on the remote. Wait for it, Al. I couldn't find the remote. <laughs> there you go. I knew, so as I, I'm looking, because so well. ma- I've been watching the Masters a couple of days because I was on a long journey in the last couple of weeks. So I was just resting up. Well, all of a sudden, they said... We have discovered new clues and secrets to the origin of the universe. Uh-oh. Next up, I'm like, well, forget the remote. We've They've discovered the origin of the universe. I got to watch this. So I watched the seven-minute segment on what the uh, – somebody's name, but it's Webb's – his last name's Webb – what they launched a telescope. James Webb telescope. James Webb, they launched it, and now they have this. Uh, it's a pretty fascinating piece of work. Oh, it's incredible! And, and it it takes pictures infrared, so it's basically uncovering what we can't see. It takes pictures, and so these pictures now look. Some of the pictures they say after the artistic impression of what this implies. You know, it's a, it's so I thought. Oh, wait a minute now! I thought this was the where well, they have the pictures, and then you know they have artists who then tells you what it really should look like. So all of a sudden, I was seeing some. It was starting to leak oil. So man, I spent seven minutes because I thought it was gonna. I mean, I you know what the phrase I kept thinking of because immediately they got into the big bang, and the the guy who produced it actually said, in a joking way. We're fixing to reveal a new definition in the phrase, let there be light. I was like, okay, this, this, are we actually gonna, we're going down that road? But then he, he grinned like that was a joke. So, yes, he was kidding. So then they started revealing this, and I uh, spent seven minutes of my life, which I'll never get back. And all I heard was maybe, possibly, we were wrong. Now this changes everything. But it really, the clues and the secrets never never came forth. It just revealed that it was way bigger than they thought and that there's no such thing as really what we call space because it's way more crowded than they thought. And so uh, the phrase I kept thinking of is they're going to have a smoking gun to the big bang get it there was no smoking gun so here i am looking for the person who pulled the trigger
1: yeah instead it was just the thing that sticks out of the end that says big bang
2: it was just impressive and it made me validate my faith that there is a designer to the design
1: well jace you're you're in luck as well as our audience because we have a guest today Little did we know that you would lead us right to the
2: promised land. You think you think that we would be coordinated on that, but it was it, sheer, was, it was sheer random from my like
1: everything view. else on this podcast. It was just where God leads us. So, Zach, we're gonna take a break, but tell us when we come back who's gonna be our guest on Unashamed.
3: Good friend of mine, a guy named Frank Turek, who is one of the I would argue one of the greatest Christian apologists out there. He wrote one of my favorite books that was very transformational. And when I went to a season of doubt, um, the title of the book is I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. And, uh, Frank's in town, uh, touring a bunch of college campuses. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get him on this conversation, Jace. He's, uh, he's one of the best out there. So stay tuned, come back over on the other side of the break for Frank.
1: So a lot of Americans have had it with supporting companies that raking in billions of dollars by seemingly trashing the same country that has made them successful. I mean, you get that a lot out of the corporations, unfortunately. Uh, This woke stuff, um, man, it's everywhere. And so uh, until recently, until companies like Patriot Mobile, who's been one of our sponsors for a very long time, uh, has come along to change the game. Uh, They embrace the values that we embrace and have made America great, and we can help support these guys. They're the only Christian conservative wireless provider They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. So they offer a great deal. Go with these guys. They support what we support, um, free speech, sanctity of life, Second Amendment, our military and first responders. They also offer special deals for those guys, which we love. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that makes switching very easy. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them right now at 878-PATRIOT, you get free activation today with the offer code Phil. So let's stand together, support companies that share our values. patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. Welcome back, Uh, Frank. Welcome to Unashamed.
4: Great being with you guys. All
1: right. So, Frank, uh, I always like to ask people uh, when they come into the Unashamed lair, and you travel all around the country, Mm -hmm. a lot of college campuses. So what was your thought as you came into our lair as you traversed into our outer layer to get to the inner layer. Is, have you ever been,
4: is you, you do a lot of podcasts, Success right? has not ruined you guys. <laughs> I can tell you that, man. <laughs> it has not. We are in the lair and nobody's finding this place. Nobody, right? Nobody.
1: They're never going to figure
4: this out. I was is... asking Phil before, the Phil, can you tell the story of how you found this place? Because it's, yeah. like, I, you, I you grew up more good. than two
0: hours from here. I told Miss K to find me a place where we're right down on the river, on the river bank. I said, in the woods, dirt road. And I said, I'll fish for a living, and then I'll build these duck calls right here. And that long green will be in your pocket. That's the way it works. (laughs) And here we are. She was looking at me. She said, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it was funny when y'all were talking
2: before, though, because you're speaking at Louisiana Tech. That's right. And Phil, you infamously went there and was a quarterback, but you all you were telling a story about how it relates to how you got down here. I think that was pretty pretty funny. What did they tell you, uh, they called you in to the, uh, what was the name
0: of the guy? The dean of, he said, what street do you live on? And I said, he was the what, the dean of what? Dean of men. Dean of men. If you get in trouble as a male (laughs) in Louisiana Tech at that point, you you had a meeting with the dean, dean of men, and he he lines you out, straightened you out, or ran you ran you off, one or the other. So you went in there, and what did he say? I to went you? in there, you know, and he went to Badmouth and all my where I put my boats and hook nets and decoys and I mean in my yard, and he said where you live that that road is called Scholar Drive, and Mister. Robinson, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're not very scholar. <laughs> He said, and the president of the uni- this university has ordered me to tell you, clean the yard up. Get all that- <laughs> He said, get all that junk out I said, junk? That ain't junk. I said, that's some good stuff. I had decoys. So, I- so that answers the question why he moved out here. Just he this. just moved it all here. It's right here. Yeah.
2: yeah. There's no dean of the neighborhood. Well,
0: somebody told me, I don't know whether they do or not, but after all the smoke cleared, I don't know what they were trying to get in my little head, you know, but I never heard anybody mention God or Jesus, not once in all the classes, and they were bad-mouthing me to having a dirty yard. But as it ended Mm. up, somebody said, I have a plaque that's positive on the wall over somewhere.
1: You do. You you are in the uh, Hall of Fame of Tech Alumni. You were you were put in there in 2014. The dean of men
2: tried to thwart that. Well, he's probably, thinking. the dean of men is taking credit for your success. He's
0: yes. probably mm-hmm. passed on by now because he was, you know, he, it's been his while.
2: But I could hear him saying, yeah, I finally got that
0: guy. So
1: on dad's plaque. It says, duck hunting icon, television personality, a servant of Christ.
4: Oh, it says uh, servant of servant Christ. Servant of Christ. Now, you know, now suddenly yeah. Jesus is okay when they can use you for PR. Huh? That's exactly right. Is that it? Yeah. That's it. I was so trying he, to
1: help him out, but they just—he's uh, <laughs> on the wall. So Frank, you may not remember this. You may not know this. But when I heard your name, when Zach told us you were coming on the podcast, I said, "Man, I know that name." I mean, outside of me knowing your work, I was like, "I know." I've—I I've, I've, thought I'd met you. I was trying to remember what it was. You and I were actually on a movie together. Which one? Uh, How many you
2: know movies that?
4: have you been on, Frank? Well, I don't know. Sometimes it, they come to my place it, it and was film doc, something. It was a documentary. Was it uh, the the AFA? Uh, American Family Association. It's not. It was a small documentary. Which one was, what was it?
1: And and I think no we both filmed it the same way. We didn't know the people until we did it. Yeah. It was called Bible Idiots.
4: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Bible Idiots. Chris Danielson. Right. We're 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 Bible idiots. Right. Bible right. idiots. And How I did, I did I not
2: get invited to that. Well, you but should have. You
4: weren't enough an idiot of an <laughs> idiot back then. <laughs> you should have been a headliner, <laughs>
1: just. that's right. You should have been about you. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been the star. But yeah, I knew I as a Frank Turk yeah. We were both, we got interviewed for that movie and Chris is now, a fr- I keep up with Chris. Yeah. He's a friend of mine now. And he's a, he's, to look into that. he's a pastor up in Iowa. And I sent him a text and I was like, was Frank Turek on that, on the Bible is mm-hmm. movie? And he said he wasn't. I knew that's where I knew your name from. So we were both appeared on this movie and we did an interview for it, which we're was-
4: We're both really... idiots, we don't even know the movie. I don't know the movie. Right, yeah. Okay. that yeah.
1: was the idea yeah. is that you can be an idiot, but as long as you trust in the Bible, it, it elevates you. Mm-hmm. The, well, I've been whole, saying that my whole life. Well, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. This is like your Jesus life. Jesus makes
2: you smart.
1: This is a, so. So I want to ask this question because we kind of left it hanging about. You were listening before we, when we did yeah. the cold open about Jace's, uh swerving into sixty minutes, his mm-hmm. accidental swerve into sixty minutes. So
2: and and here's the weird part of that story. This we did a cliffhanger there. You know the cliffhanger. You want to. You know what a cliffhanger is, right? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> that was the clip i got it <laughs> okay i got it all right you know cheesy but i'm just fun. playing along but i've used that J- i'm here twice. to make this look good and uh that hey so what happened was this morning i got up like i normally do and said let's see what we're doing for the podcast this morning and then i'm like get out now i know why i couldn't find the remote because i saw that you were coming on and I was like, what are the odds of this? So I was like, I must tell this story because mm-hmm. I just seemed a little out of the ordinary. I mean, I'm not claiming a miracle here, but I'm just saying I do know that God is very good at getting people together.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So what are the odds? So, so you go to college camp. Tell us mm-hmm. a little bit
1: about what you do. Your ministry, you have a television show, you have radio, you have podcasts, you're right, everywhere.
4: Right. Yeah. So tell, tell our audience a little bit about it. I'm which. on Bible Idiots, too, but I didn't know it. Yeah, exactly. All right. uh, yeah, we do colleges, high schools, churches. We present evidence that Christianity is true from this book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, which I wrote with the the Michael Jordan of apologetics at the time, Norman Geisler. When they got, when this guy died four years ago, they they added up the number of books either wrote, co-wrote, or updated. It was 129. The guy's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Anyway, we wrote this book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, in 2004, 2007, created a ministry called crossexamined.org. That's cross examined with a D on the end of it. And we go to colleges, high schools, churches, present the evidence that Christianity is true. We talk about the Big Bang. If there's a Big Bang, there's got to be a Big Banger. There's got to be a creator. And uh, we'll talk about that at Tech tomorrow night. Going to be at Louisiana Christian tonight, talking about these issues. We go to a lot of secular colleges. I was at LSU last year talking about this because, other than the White House, the most unChristian real estate in America is the college campus. That is correct. That's correct. And so that's that's why we're trying to bring the evidence to. The college campus. We're trying to throw a lifeline to Christians. We're trying to put a stone in the shoe of the skeptics. And we open up the, the Q&A mic for anyone. They can say whatever oh, okay. they want. And so we've got about 1,600 videos on our cross-examined YouTube channel. Most of them are Q&As from the college campus. And so, so do
2: they the, generally ask the same
4: questions pretty much? Uh, they ask a lot of the same questions. You probably get 20 of the same questions over and over again. And uh, the questions are usually related around morality. Really? You know, oh, yeah. It's all, it's all LGBTQ stuff, or why did God kill the Canaanites, or why is there evil in the world? Yeah. Why did God create people he knew would go to hell? These kind of questions you get all yeah. the time. And just about every one of those questions assume a moral standard. So I'm always asking them, what's the moral standard? Where are you getting yeah. this moral standard? I mean, in your un, uh, canceled book, you talk about that, right? Yeah. What you, you guys... You're saying you're offended. You're f- if, if you're saying you're offended, there's got to be a standard that there you, you say we're violating. What is it? Where are you getting yeah. the standard from? If there's no God, there is no standard. It's yeah. Just your if it opinion. all
2: happened randomly yeah. by accident, yeah. well, why can't we just make up our own rules? It seemed well, like it'd that's be- what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but well, they're claiming their rules you have to live by. Well, see? exactly.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. And and evolution, survival of the fittest wouldn't wouldn't you know? It seemed like that wouldn't matter. So, our old friend uh, Steve Deese, who is a, a fellow Blaze host, um, he has a, a, a new movie that's out, and it's uh, called Nefarious. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's kind of based on the, the screw tape letters, uh, C.S. Lewis's book. And uh, some people have called it uh, interview with a demon,
0: Zach. Um, yeah,
3: Phil, you saw it, didn't you? The, Phil, you got to watch it this weekend.
0: Everyone needs to see it. What, what, what was your thoughts on it, Dad? There's about 75 verses, either dealing with the devil or the demoniac. 75 times that's mentioned. If you think about it, it rose to a head while Jesus was here to show that He had power over them. In my opinion, mm-hmm. but. If, to, to to say there's not a lot written about that particular subject there's a lot of information about the demoniac and this guy is one of them yeah
1: and so the idea of the setup is this psychiatrist is called into prison to interview this guy uh, who has a demon called nefarious and so this guy is supposed to try to decide whether he's insane or not so it kind of you know really brings it into a modern vernacular whoever that actor was did a Fabulous job. Really interesting. In my opinion. Uh, supernatural and yet, you know, as as you said, that biblical from the idea. So oh, yeah. It's called Nefarious. Uh opened on April 14th. Uh, make sure and you get your tickets at whoisnefarious.com. So that's whoisnefarious.com. Check it out. Uh very apropos.
0: Nefarious is I mean the epitome of evil. There you go. So did I get it wrong when
2: I watched the images that this Webb telescope is bringing back to us now? That they 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 had all these sayings like we're gonna we it's now uncovering the clues and the secrets to the Mm. origin of the universe. But the more I read, because then after I watched this, you know, I started reading because I just want to say, oh, maybe I missed something. No, it was just more. Unexplainable. What we believe. I mean, it was more spectacular. We know it. You know the things we're seeing. But I just viewed it as more evidence of God. I mean, of course it is. I, yeah. I just didn't hear. I didn't hear these clues reveal <laughs> secrets, which was kind of
4: very sad. No, what, they pitched that on the show and even in the all the articles I read. What the Webb Telescope, Space Telescope, has confirmed is that. The idea that space, matter, and time had a beginning is really true. Yeah. If space, matter, and time had a beginning, what could have caused that? Only something that's spaceless, timeless, immaterial, powerful to create the universe out of nothing, personal in order to choose to create. In other words, whatever the cause was, someone had to make a choice, right? And then, obviously, the cause would have to have a mind to make a choice. So I I always ask people on a college campus, I say... When you think about a spaceless, timeless, immaterial, powerful, personal, intelligent cause, who do you think of? And everyone says, well, it's God. Yeah. Well, but they say, how do you know it's the Christian God? And my answer is we don't yet. I mean, it could be Allah from this one argument, right? Right. But if you look at the evidence for Jesus rising from the dead, then you realize that the same being that walked out of the tomb 1,990 years ago this week is the same being in whose divine nature created the universe out of nothing. So you get those two facts that God exists. He created the universe and Jesus rose from the dead. Christianity's true. And this book is true. Mm. Yeah. You can show that the Bible's true. Just starting with those two facts. And that's what we do in the book. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Oh,
2: mm.
3: well, that's powerful. I love it. What would you, what would you say to, to, to the student that would say, "Oh, was like, this is Easter weekend. We just came out of, and they say, well, because, I mean, I think it, it's, it's at least fair to acknowledge that we put our faith, and I said this at the beginning of my sermon yesterday, you know, I put my faith in a man that I've never physically met, that allegedly was killed on a Roman cross, put in a tomb, and three days later, his dead body came to life. So what so how how do you approach if somebody says that I don't I don't accept that as a fact. Like what are what's kind of just your core kind of go-to if you're in one of these uh settings and somebody asks a question like that. How do we know? How do we know he rose from the dead?
4: Yeah the first thing I'm going to say is if God exists, miracles are possible, right? If he exists. Right. And and the greatest miracle in the Bible is not the resurrection. The greatest miracle in the Bible is the first verse. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth because if there is a God and create the heavens and the earth, can he raise Jesus from the dead? Can he walk on water? Can he part well, the course. Red Sea? Yeah. Of course he can. Yeah. The interesting thing is atheists are admitting the evidence for the first verse. I mean, they don't think it's God, but you watch 60 Minutes and they talk about there's a beginning. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Hawking. There was
2: no doubt there was a beginning. Based oh, yeah. on, I, I, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. there was. They, they're acknowledging.
4: Yeah. That's why he said that. let there be light, because there, there was a start. Jesus. That's right. And, and if there's... If Genesis 1-1 is true, resurrections are possible. Then I point out that all the writers of the New Testament, with the exception of Luke, they're all Jews, right? They all think they're God's chosen people. Why are they inventing a resurrected Jesus? Because by saying that, they got beaten, tortured, and killed, right? So last last time I checked, being beaten, tortured, and killed is not a list of perks, right? We're not going to make that up, right? So... And, and notice it's going to sound weird for all of us out here in the un, unashamed podcast land that we, and Zach, you preach on this too, that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. What I'm going to, what I'm going to say now is going to sound like I don't believe that, but it's true. And that is, Christianity is not true because a series of documents we put under one binding we call the Bible says it's true. In fact, Christianity would be true if the Bible never existed. And people go, why? What do you mean? Because I always ask them, do you realize there were thousands of Christians before a line of the New Testament was ever written? Why? Because they witnessed the resurrected Jesus. They didn't read about it in a book. Right. They saw him. Yeah, <laughs> look one there. And then they wrote it down. Yeah. Great point. Then they wrote it down. So I always say that the New Testament writers did not create the resurrection. The resurrection created the New Testament writers, right? Hmm. We wouldn't have this these New Testament documents, Zach, written yeah. in the first century by people who claimed to be Jews and didn't think a man could claim to be God or rise from the dead, they thought that was blasphemy, that's, that a man would claim to be God. I mean, the last people in the world are gonna say a man is God is, is, are the Jews, right? Yeah. And yet here they say a man claimed to be God and rose from the dead. That must have really happened. If it didn't happen, they never would have went to their deaths writing this stuff down. That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like Second Thessalonians. Yesterday I gave a lesson on Jesus, him crucified and raised from the dead, Easter Sunday but I started with this. Uh, Among God's churches, we boast, this is written 2,000 years ago, thereabouts. Uh, The churches we boast about, your perseverance, your faith, and all the persecutions and trials you're enduring, they they were really catching a lot of trouble, way more than we are now, but it was the same group. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. You say, suffering is a good thing, very good thing. God is just. He'll pay back trouble to those who trouble you, that's coming, and give relief to you who are troubled, that's coming, and to us as well, it's coming. The apostle Paul wrote this. This will happen somewhere in the future, when the lord jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels if you ever argued there's he's not there there is no god this says you're going to look up one day and there's going to be an end to it he will punish those who do not know god pretty good group then and now he will punish those who do not know god lots of them are there they want it. they might try to find him That's what we're here for, and the ones who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified. We are, as Christians are looking forward to that in his holy people. And to be marveled at when all this ends, marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, these Thessalonians, because you obeyed, believed our testimony to you. So with us, we're saying, who has the best story? These are us. Mm -hmm. We live, they don't. Mm -hmm. There's a price to be paid when you say there is no God. Oh yeah. Life and immortality is riding on this and you're not gonna take a look Mm. and do a little investigating, Mm, mm, mm. you count time by him, you say, "What? what are you doing? It took me a while to find it, but I'm glad I did.
3: The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste.
2: I think the first miracle also was, you know, you were talking about the, the first miracle. The greatest miracle in the Bible, yeah. Yeah. Genesis 1. Well, the first on. miracle from from non-believer perspective would have to be, because I've, I've spent a lot of my life blowing things up. <laughs> it's just what we do down here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you think about the big bank, somebody naming the big bank, it's, mm. it was It started off even if you didn't if you're saying there's no God. Well, but you're acknowledging a miracle because the first time in the history of explosions, this one happened and you had
4: beauty, symmetry, order. That's the design argument, Jace. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a a random big bang. Yeah, when I when
2: I when I I look at these things that blow up, I'm like, okay, so it it just doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. And that that's why I told you before we started. I was like, when I was watching this, because when I was early in my faith, I remember uh, thinking, "Oh, I, you know, I wonder if they send these telescopes out there if they're if they're going to find something that all of a sudden just nullifies God." You know, and I was scared because mm-hmm. I was immature in my faith, but now, even when I watched that last, uh, when I was watching this imagery of the telescope, I was a hundred percent confident. I knew what they were going to say. I, kn- I knew mm-hmm. there was going to be nothing to this. Oh, we we found the secrets. We're fixing to reveal the clues of the origin of the universe. And then it was never revealed. Because I just thought they wanted your attention, but it was like a lot of other uh, you know philosophies out there. It was hollow mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. empty. And so uh, it was kind of disappointing. Well, it seems to I- I be was whether more. we're
1: looking inward, whether it's archaeology, those type of things, or we're looking out, yep. astrology, whatever, everything has continued to give us more evidence That's right. of creator, more evidence of the Bible, more evidence of those things, right. not less. I mean, it
2: continues to be proven to what we've always believed, not the other way around. I was wondering, wanting to know your thoughts. I would think you get a question from the audience. Well, how come that science and archaeology says the, the universe is the, like, what do they say now 14 billion Something 13 like that, 14 yeah. billion years old and and the bible seems to only be what 6 to 7000 depends on how so you interpret it So do you get that question
4: all uh, the time Yeah and I always say I'm absolutely convinced the universe is at least 61 years old <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's how long you throw here? my
4: mom in there she's 85 all right
2: <laughs> that's
1: a great laugh.
4: we talk about it it's on our youtube yeah. channel the short answer is this i think the bible leaves the age of the earth indeterminate here's why what's the first verse of the bible say in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth okay mm-hmm. when did god create the heavens and the earth it says in the beginning you say, what about the days? The days don't begin till verse three. In fact, the first yeah. verse says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There yeah. was no word in Hebrew for universe. So heavens and earth is the universe. Yeah. And then the next verse says, and the earth was formless and void. Wait a minute, time out. You went from the whole universe to now the earth. What happened in between? Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Right? It could be thousands according to the Bible, but it could also be a lot longer. Right. And I think the best evidence is it is older, but I don't care how old it is. I don't care if it's old or young because you still yeah. need a cause no matter how far back you go. And Frank, uh, to that
1: point, yeah. so you're sitting at a table yeah. where you've got an old earth guy, a young earth guy, yep. and a guy in the middle yep. that thinks I it's was created- kind of
2: with Frank. I agree with everything he said. Right.
1: So what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying is you're sitting at a table with yeah. guys that yeah. have three different views of that, that
2: exact thing, right. and yet we're all in unity that sure. God did it. So, so, But here's why it doesn't bother me. Like last night when they said the the earth is 14 billion, I mean the, the universe 14 billion years old. Well, a thought hit me in that moment. I thought, well, I know that this creation reveals a creator. Well, how old is God? Think
4: about this though.
2: He's eternal, right? Yes, he's eternal. If so, he... so why would it bother me if you even claim that you that you could prove that it was fourteen billion years old? Yeah. Well, that's nothing. It's nothing to, do it. but yeah. to who started it.
4: Well, he's outside of time. If, yeah. if if time was created, whatever created time is timeless. And if you're timeless, do you have a beginning? Do You have a cause? No, he's outside of time.
2: That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it wouldn't bother. That's my point. We're trying to interpret the times, and we're missing the one who's the father of time, That's he right. invented time. I'm a little
0: bit, uh, I'm a little bit stretched out when some guy says, I said, now, now, how old is the earth? They said 14.5 billion years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, look, when you well, see a human being, universe you, when you see a human being who tells you he knows when the beginning was, which was 13, 14.5 billion years ago don't listen to him well, <laughs> i mean
4: it's a good point that's a long time yeah. ago that's right yeah, that's yeah. right he wasn't there but yeah, no he was. you you know they keep we keep talking about science says this science says that in reality in fact we cover it in this book hollywood heroes uh how your favorite movies reveal God? That science. Well, you're in Jace well <laughs> as well. Uh, I didn't oh, know I you know. wrote this book. <laughs> yeah, with and my I son. Felt this
2: this immediate. I thought I was the only person revealing that, and now I was late to. It's the in party. this
4: book, it's it's in the I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Here's the interesting thing: science doesn't say anything. Scientists do. exactly. Science doesn't say a word. Why? Because all data needs to be gathered, and all data needs to be interpreted. Thank you, Vanna. <laughs> all, all data needs to be gathered. All data needs to be interpreted. And who does that? Scientists do that. Yeah. And sometimes their philosophy, Phil, as you know, will cause them to interpret the data differently. In fact, you ever wonder why we got such conflicting advice on COVID? Hmm. Why? Because science doesn't say a word. It's scientists saying things. And some scientists are saying we're right. And we're going to shut you up because we think... Wait a minute, Frank, Are you telling
1: me that Tony Fauci is not science itself? It's not, he's not science. I a, thought he, he himself physically in his body was science. I had a booster. <laughs> I, had,
4: I had five boosters. I had five boosters. I still got COVID. Yeah.
3: You know, but well, I think I think we got to... I think that you, you do have to... Not, as a Christian, though, we don't have to fear... Um, scientific no. discovery, because for, for years I grew up, if I heard the word Big Bang, I automatically thought that's the opposite of Christianity. But but when you when I read, uh, I think you're about to reference this earlier, Frank, uh, Stephen Hawking, mm-hmm. who was not a believer, but when he wrote atheist. his book, Brief History of Time, I mean, he makes the point in that book that if the Big Bang is true, which he calls the standard model of physics, he says if it's true. He says, and it's unavoidable uh, that God exists. It smacks of divine intervention, I think, was his exact phrase. And 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 so when I started reading uh, your work and Dr. William Lane Craig and some Norm Geisler years ago, like to me that was liberating that that the 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 truth of God's existence is so necessary that that our scientific discovery it actually proves His existence. So the thing we were fighting over and and. And saying, well, this this is a model that came out of the atheistic world. It came from science and all that. In the end, it actually proves God's existence because if there's a beginning, the Big Bang Theory essentially says if there's, that there's a the beginning of the universe. That's right. And the one thing that science does pretty much universally agree on, the scientists at least, is that if the universe has a beginning, um, well, they don't agree on this part. They agree it has a beginning, but uh, if it has a beginning philosophically and logically, It has to have a cause going Mm -hmm. back to that Mm -hmm. argument you mentioned earlier. So I don't think we have to fear anything uh, when someone says the universe is 14.5 billion years old and the earth is 4 billion or whatever it is. I mean, that doesn't scare me, um, primarily because of when I read their own work, they're like, yeah, and if it has a beginning, we got issues because, you know, that kind of means God exists. And Hawkins said, therefore, therefore, the goal of modern physics is to disprove this standard model of physics, because we, we know God doesn't exist. They can't. do so it, Zach.
4: So, they've been trying. They can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. They, in fact, they, they can't get around it. No, the last 50 years has been one failed attempt after another to get rid of the Big Bang cosmology and replace it with a new theory. They can't do it because the evidence. And by the way, you don't even need science to know this. How could today have gotten here if there were an infinite number of days before today? couldn't right you'd always have to live another day if there was an infinite number of days before today before you got to today but since today's here there can only be a limited number of days before today which means whatever created time has to be timeless and if you're timeless do you have a cause no you're the you're the uncaused first cause so when people say who made god you go nobody it's like asking a bachelor what's your wife's name he doesn't have a wife right (laughs) he's So God is unmade. You don't ask who created the uh, the uncreated creator. He is the first cause.
3: Yeah. It's un- it's unavoidable, yeah. too. I mean, it's completely you, – you cannot avoid this this conclusion. I mean, I sat on a plane um, recently with a theoretical – no, she was, She had a Ph.D. from Princeton in, in some kind of engineering, and her husband was a professor at an Ivy League school who had a, who had a Ph.D. in theoretical physics, which I don't – I'm not even close to that level of intelligence – but I started to throw some of this at her because uh, she she wasn't a believer and I was doing it very kind, but I was just throwing these concepts out there of an infinite past and and, and, and how that would be impossible, an infinite regress. And, and I mean, it was like she had never heard it, but she didn't have an answer for it because uh-huh. this is mathematics. I mean, this is logically coherent. You can't avoid, number one, the fact that the universe has a beginning. And number two, you can't avoid the fact that if it does, then there has to be a uh, a cause to that. And to me, that, was, that strengthened my faith
4: so much in the
3: early days of, of, of my walk with Jesus.
4: And if you're going to say no to that, that it doesn't need a cause, you've just given up on all science because science is built on cause and effect. That's what you're trying to discover, right? Scientists are looking for causes of effects. In fact, that's, when people say, how do I know God exists? I always say, well, one way I know is by his effects right? I'm reasoning from effect to cause. So if there's a creation, that's the effect. I'm reasoning back to a cause of creator. If there's design, that's the effect. I'm reasoning back to a cause of designer. If there's a moral law written on the heart. That's the effect. I'm reasoning back to a moral law giver. If there's evidence, a man claimed to be God and rose from the dead. That's the effect. What could have caused that?
2: Exactly. Only, only a being the, like
4: God. Yeah.
2: I say the same thing about DNA. If there's a sophisticated code in your body, yep. that's who a, wrote it? It's
4: a coder. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a exactly. it's a program. It's got to be a programmer, right? I've
1: always thought of the idea of the three and one. You know, let us make man in our image, mm-hmm. and how when you look at at humans, how we have this sort of three part makeup of who we are, mm-hmm. and how that smacks of what we see in God from mm-hmm. what we study in Scripture has always been that marker to me that it just makes perfect sense that you know when you see when you see a human being. You see a person made up of this, of our animation, you know, our spirit and our and our physical body, and yet that that thing that draws us to to the spiritual, where does that come from? I mean, mm-hmm. how does that just come out of thin air, mm-hmm. out of you know that that crawled out of the primordial soup? You and know, where
4: did the primordial soup come from? Exactly. If that if that's how, and, and we didn't get here that way, right? The exactly. evidence shows us not right. the case. There's a designer, not to mention all right. the artistic side of things
2: as well, right? But I will say this. Zach, when you said you were sitting beside the real smart professor from wherever, it's not what you know that makes you smart, which we were joking about this earlier. But it is who you know and who you're known by. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not impressed if someone can retain a bunch of meaningless knowledge Mm. or has an extensive vocabulary as a proven because really, when you talk about, you know, Jesus, I mean, I, I think it's funny that Jesus said, you know, I'm the alpha and the omega, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about that on another podcast. Yeah. But the first letter of the alphabet, the Greek alphabet and the last, it, it's it's more who's who you're putting your faith and trust in. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what's the interesting thing. I loved your point about the Bible, whether it being true, whether you're actually reading it or not, it points to a person. Mm-hmm. a being mm-hmm. that's more sophisticated than, the, that's right. than us obviously but if you're in a right relationship with the author of this Bible you're good mm-hmm. no matter how many verses you actually are able to memorize and and say that it, it becomes a, a smaller point than when you're having a, a friendship and a vibrant relationship with the creator of the universe yeah death is uh, philosophy's
4: only problem right? We all die, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, if we, right. we live
4: forever without God, okay, what would we even consider a cause? But we don't, and that's, that's why, I mean, look at this Bible, man. This guy has got this thing <laughs> pouring up, man, because he knows.
0: All I do when I meet individuals is point them to the, their problems. That's right. Uh, sin. I said, just think of a place where you could be with all your sins removed in the past, yeah. none in the future counted against you. He's there to mediate for you, and you're also can, you're going to be raised from the dead. I said, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's that rarest of commodities. It gives one peace of mind, well, what, peace which of I mind. think
3: is the which I think is the greatest apologetic. Is what you just said. You mentioned Second um, Thessalonians chapter one, which is funny, Phil, because I preached out of that. I used that same text yesterday in my sermon. And, and the point that I made was that there's like, there's another level like beneath us. Cause we're not just purely cognitive thinking beings that are looking for rational answers. Although we are, that's part of what we are. But then there's this whole other side of me that's longing for beauty in the world. It's longing for, man, I want to be connected. I want intimacy. I want, man, I want my life to matter. There's like, there's this other thing that I can't really even put to words, you know? And I, I, I use this verse to prove that. Um, when it says that, that God's going to pay the penalty, pay them a penalty of eternal destruction, which he describes as away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So hell is to be away from God's glory and his wonder when he comes to be glorified in his saints on, the, on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed. And I thought, man, how interesting is it that he describes hell as not being able to marvel at god and i think that in the core of our being we are we were created to worship and to marvel at at, at the beauty and the majesty and the wonder of god and so it's interesting to me that even in these intellectual pursuits that I've, i've had discussions frank you i know you have too with people it's like it's almost like they separate the intellectual from like their real life and even if they may work it out over here intellectually Man, they still have this inner thing that's like, man, but I'm longing for something. Like, I want something beautiful and, and something transcendent, but at the same time, something imminent that's right here
2: with me. Uh, you know,
3: it, it's just crazy. And, and I think all of this is realized in the person of
2: Jesus. I think we should continue the <laughs> in the overtime. Right. And so that's the we beauty, have discovered
1: that's the beauty the, of the kingdom of God. Yeah. You see all kinds here.
4: I got a killer question for the overtime. All right, killer question. And I'm going to say this: you can use with your non-Christian friends. So watch the overtime.
2: Oh, I like that. And, uh, the other teasers. I think we just discovered the origin of the Marvel movies. They were. What was it had. Well, we just read it.
4: Hollywood heroes. We're going to
2: be marveled. Oh, there you uh, go. At Marvel. the resurrection.
4: All right, all right. Marvel, so get it. So if you
1: want to follow us over, uh, com slash unashamed is where we do our overtimes. Frank, thank you so much. My pleasure. Coming gentlemen. on Unashamed. What a what a quick time for our podcast. Follow us over for the overtime. We'll hear a little more. And I want to hear about how you came to Christ, because I have yep. a feeling that may be what fueled you to what you're doing today. So check us out, overtime, blazetv.com slash unashamed.